You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Lock John Cardinals Podcast, part of the Lock John Podcast Network. My name is Lucas Smith. Today is Friday, October the 16th. Happy Friday, everybody. Thanks for tuning in once again. Uh, I got a good show for you guys today. I'm looking forward for you guys to listen to it. Whatever you're listening on, whenever you're listening, it's always much appreciated. Uh, yeah, so today I have a, I have a conversation with, with the host of the Locked On Diamondbacks show Millard Shane Thomas. I'm only going to share part of it, just the part about the, the Diamondbacks, uh, the, the uh, talk about the, the Luke Weaver and the Carson Kelly and the Paul Goldschmidt trade and what that all looked like. Um, and it's a, it's a good conversation. You, you, we kind of get to hear um, get, to, get to hear the Diamondbacks' perspective. I feel like, especially in recent days and weeks, we all we were hearing about is all these bad trades that Mosellock has made and, and all these fails and, and all these letting prospects go too early. But I'm going to give credit to, to Mosellock here. It might, it might be a, a weird thing for you guys to hear, and I understand that. But this Goldschmidt trade was an absolute win for St. Louis. I know we're only two two years into it, but Goldschmidt has has, has impressed, I, I think, as a Cardinal. And he, especially in 2020, he was much needed. He was, he was the guy in the offense in 2020. Luke Weaver and Carson Kelly had decent 19s, but both had abysmal 2020s. So Mozeliak made the right move here. This was a good trade for St. Louis, and I think that you know going forward that this is a trade that as a Cardinal fan, as a Cardinal fan base, we can look back on and say that's a win for St. Louis. So uh, we, we we talk about that. Um, if you want to hear our whole conversation, go over to Locked On Diamondbacks, to, and we we talk about World Series predictions as well. So head over to Locked On Diamondbacks for the full conversation. But it's just a short conversation that I'll share with you guys today. I'm talking about the Paul Goldschmidt trade and how it turned out good for St. Louis. Turned out well. So uh, without further ado, here's Miller's nice conversation. Hope you guys enjoy. All right, we got Lucas Smith of the Locked On Cardinals. Say what's up, Lucas. What's up, guys? How are we doing today? All right, that's right. That's Lucas. We're going to be talking some baseball today. And, you know, we, we got a couple of, well, I guess really just one former Diamondback player on the Cardinals, Paul Goldschmidt. We all know about the deal. That traded the franchise player away from the Diamondbacks. I, I'm not too sure too many people are happy about that. We did get a couple young pieces back. But, Lucas, tell me about Paul Goldschmidt this year on the Cardinals because I was looking at his numbers. His power might not have been there this season, only six home runs, but his batting average in a shortened season, 304, his OBP, 417 was the highest in like five seasons so tell me what you Mm -hmm. thought about Paul Goldschmidt in his second season in a Cardinals uniform I thought his second season was a lot more of what we're accustomed to from uh, America's first baseman and Paul Goldschmidt I think that his first year you know the average took a dip his power was there at 34 home runs but really the the average took a major dip at 260 the lowest of his career um, so I think that the first year in any deal, when, when you look at somebody either signing a free agent deal or coming over as the big piece in a trade, you look at someone who puts a lot of pressure on themselves, uh, on themselves, whether it be expectations from the fans. And that, I think that got to Goldschmidt. He's notorious for slow starts. I'm sure you're well aware of that. Uh, but 2020, I think we saw second half Goldschmidt. You mentioned the power was down, only six home runs. But he was the most consistent Cardinal 
without a doubt, on, an, on a Cardinal offense that was pretty abysmal for, for most of the season. Um, he was the only player with above 300 batting average. His OPS plus was the highest that he had in three years. So it was one the one consistent guy that I talked about him in my – I did an offseason evaluation a couple episodes ago, and I talked about how Goldschmidt, no matter what the lineup was, he was in there every day, and he was the guy that nobody on the other team wanted to pitch to. But Goldschmidt really, I think, stepped up in, in year two in St. Louis, and you know, I think they got him for five or five more years with the extension. So I'm looking forward to the next couple of years with Goldschmidt because he really stepped up in year two. Yeah, Goldschmidt, uh, you know, he's definitely a guy that's going to be missed by the D-backs. I mean, if you look at this D-backs offense, it was putrid this season. They they, str- <laughs> they struggled so much to score runs. OPS was awful. They couldn't get on base. And Goldschmidt's a guy who batted 304. That would have been the best for the Diamondbacks. He had a 417 OBP. No one on the D-backs even came close to that, I believe. So if he was still on this team, maybe the D-backs make a little bit more noise in 2020. I mean, their team mm-hmm. was just so bad this season. I really wish. We had Paul Goldschmidt, but can you tell me a little bit about what you think about Luke Weaver and Carson Kelly? Because in 2019, I was really excited uh, about them. Uh, how they, they both played pretty well in 2019. Luke Weaver had a really good ERA last year. Now, he did deal with uh, a couple injuries that kept him out for some time. But in 12 starts, he had 294 ERA. And then Carson Kelly last year, he didn't have a great batting average. His OBP was pretty solid at 350, but he had 18 home runs in 111 games. So he definitely showed some pop. But this season, they both just regressed mightily. Uh, Carson Kelly couldn't hit the ball. He could never get on base. The power, uh, it was still kind of there. He had five home runs, but not really. His slugging was only 385. And then look at Luke Weaver. I don't know what happened to this guy this season, but he just did not look comfortable at mm. all on the mound. He actually led the National League in losses. And I don't take a big – I don't count wins and losses mm. like a big stat for pitchers. I mean, I saw Rick Porcello win a Cy Young just because he won 20 games. He definitely wasn't the best pitcher in the American League at that time. But he had no. a 6'5", 8-year, right? He barely – it seemed like he had – if I look at his game log real quick, I'm not even sure if there was any games where he – went more than six innings he might have had one start the whole year okay the the longest start he had was five and a third innings he never even made it to the sixth inning or or complete or he never recorded an out in any sixth inning this season I just think that's insane for a starting pitcher mm. uh, a guy who could be a number two in your rotation he has that kind of potential and the way he looked this season was just atrocious so tell me a little bit about Luke Weaver because I know he had some down seasons with the Cardinals as well. His ERA was usually in the mid fours. His rookie season was five, seven. So tell me about Luke Weaver and Carson Kelly from what you saw when you were watching them on the Cardinals. Yeah. When they came up, they were kind of, you know, projected to be the next Adam Wainwright and Yadier Molina, to be quite frank, you know, Weaver had that kind of stuff. I mean, the more accurate um, comparison in terms of stuff uh, and just pure pitching repertoire what was more of a Michael Waka with the fastball changeup combination that Weaver has. Um, and then Carson Kelly was projected to be the guy behind the plate whenever Molina left. And I'll, I'll start with Weaver. Um, he had, a, there were, there were times, I mean, 2017 was his best year as a Cardinal. He was seven and two. I mean, like I say, wins are, are, you know, not the whole story, but an ERA plus of 109. So that's above average and an ERA of 388, um, which was his lowest in his three years as a Cardinal. So I think that Weaver, uh, is one of those guys that his stuff, like you say, is there, but there are just times where his stuff falls flat. Uh, I, I don't think he's a guy right now that whenever his stuff falls, sometimes when you have guys that when their stuff falls flat, they still find a way that they grind it out. I think uh, Walker Bueller is that kind of guy 
um, and, and his first start. His stuff wasn't there in the National League Championship Series, but he was able to gut through a number of innings, whereas Weaver hasn't been able to do that in his career yet. So when his stuff isn't there, and you're going to have days when your stuff isn't there. Every pitcher does. Um, and, but I just don't think Weaver's been able to gut through that. And I, I'm pretty sure that, that you know, the, the nine losses, like you say, is, is crucial. Was it not – didn't Shelby Miller also have a pretty bad year with that Diamondbacks coming off of a Cardinal year as well a number of years ago? Did Shelby Miller have a bad year? Let me look at yeah. his thing real I thought that quick. Maybe he went to Atlanta first, oh. but there, there were some – no, I'm looking at it right now. In 2018, he had a 10-6-9 ERA with the D-backs and only four starts. Yeah. And the year before in 2017, he had four starts again with a 4 9 ERA. So he was never – oh, and he, I didn't even realize he played three seasons with the D-backs. That first year with the D-backs, he had 6 yeah. ERA and 20 starts. Yeah, So, yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> he was pretty bad with the D-backs. Yeah, yeah Diamondbacks have not, have, good, have not had good luck getting cardinal pitchers to say the least <laughs> but um but yeah weaver just had a rough year i think that you know 2020 was was a rough year overall um for, for with covid and everything happening and shortening the season but um that that was by no stretch of the means a good year for weaver and when you move on to carson kelly i was never super high on kelly uh, they, they said the intangibles was there he played in a number of futures games and he was on the 18 and 16 U usa national teams as well but he never really hit as a cardinal um, he, he never really got a lot of chances as well. When, when you look at Molina uh, hawking up all the playing time, so he only played uh, 63 games in three years with St. Louis. But even uh, among that, he only hit 154, 227, and 188 uh, slash line. His OPS plus was abysmal, 13. Um, again, I get it, limited playing time, and but all, all those numbers shot up for Arizona last year. Um, but I, I was never super high on Kelly. Uh, I just don't think that, you know, and I think 2020 kind of showed showed that the, how sometimes he just doesn't look like he can get solid contact on the ball. His OPS plus dropped 40 points from 19 to 20, from 111 to 71. So I was never super high on Carson Kelly. So I was actually, with that trade, I was ecstatic. Because I thought that, I don't know about what, what you thought what your reaction was to that trade uh, last offseason, but I thought the Cardinals absolutely stole Goldschmidt for, for what they gave up. And I think that, that right now when you look at the stats and the results so far, a year and a half, two years in, I think the Cardinals absolutely won this trade because other than 2019 um, and limited playing time for both these guys, they really haven't impressed too much in an Arizona Diamondback uniform. More for Miller and I in just a moment, but I do want to tell you guys about Built Bar, the new and improved Built Bar and how incredible it is and how much I absolutely love it. They have six new flavors. I love their cookies and cream and carrot cake flavor that to go along with their 12 original flavors. Some of my favorites include banana bread, mint brownie, double chocolate, coconut, and orange. These bars are covered 100% in chocolate. You heard me right, 100% in chocolate. That doesn't mean they're not healthy. They're great for the health-conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for the keto diet. I'm not on any, any special diet, but I still maintain weight and stay healthy, but with Built Bar. Now, if you go to BuiltBar.com, you get a free cooler worth your purchase while supplies last. This will only last not very long, so go there quickly for a free cooler. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code Locked On as well, and you'll get 20% off your next order. That's right. It's now 20%. Use promo code Locked On for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back into it, and let's finish up that conversation between Lucas Smith, Lockdown Cardinals, and I. 
Yeah, my overall philosophy when it comes to MLB trades, when you're trading star players like a Goldschmidt or a Mookie Betts, you're going to lose that trade, I think, 90% of the time because I just don't necessarily believe mm-hmm. in prospects. And Luke Weaver and Carson Kelly did spend a little bit of time in the big leagues, a good amount of time in the big leagues before they got traded to the D-backs, but they weren't proven commodities yet. It was a lot of potential, and I just don't think that really works in baseball. You see so many times mm-hmm. where a guy's a top 10 prospect, they just never pan out. So I'd rather just take – if I'm trading – Trading a guy like Goldschmidt, I'd rather just take a, you know a quality reliever and maybe an everyday player who I know has been proven on the big league level than just some right. prospects with that potential because you just never know with baseball. It's just such a fluky sport, and so many of these prospects never turn out to anything. I mean, we have like five different systems in the minor leagues. Like, there's thousands of prospects. Like, there's too many to count, and I'm just never consistent. Yeah. I just never. I'm not a believer in trading your one of your best players for just a couple of prospects. So I think when Paul, when the D-backs traded Paul Goldschmidt, I thought it was a bad deal. And we just saw the Red Sox. I don't know why they traded Mookie Betts for that deal. They could have got even like a Gratterall in that deal. And they said no because of his like health concerns. So I, I think if you're trading mm-hmm. superstar players, it's, it's always going to end up bad for you. But let me ask you this real quick. So I, it sounds like you're – I think I already know your answer on this. But if you had to pick Luke Weaver or Carson Kelly – as to like, I guess, build around or just keep them on your team long-term. I guess you're picking Luke Weaver or, or I guess you're picking Luke Weaver over Carson Kelly in that scenario. Oh, absolutely. Um, I just think that Weaver has a higher potential, higher, higher ceiling than, than Kelly. They're about the same age. I think Kelly's just a year younger. Um, so, I mean, you're, you're losing a year, but a year is not that big of a deal. I, I'm always one, whenever I look at baseball, I look at pitching first because I'm one with the philosophy that good pitching is going to shut down a bigger offense more times and a bigger offense is going to um, shut down uh, starting pitching. So I'm always looking for starting pitching to build off of. I think that just goes with me being a Cardinal fan and following them for a number of years with all these great pitchers. So I just think with, with Reaver, you have bright spots to look to both in 2017 with the Cardinals when he was 7-2 and two and, thir- and, and 10 starts and with 2019 in Arizona when he had a 2.94 ERA and a very respectable ERA plus of 153. Um, so I just – with the average of that being 100. So I think that Weaver is, is the guy maybe, – maybe not the guy, um, obviously. But he, if I had to pick between these two, without a doubt, I'm picking Luke Weaver to build around because I just think you can build a rotation around Weaver with a more confident state than you can build a lineup around Kelly or even an infield around Kelly because I've just been – I've been more impressed with Weaver over the years than I have been with Kelly. Yeah, I would probably agree with that. I don't know. If Kelly could consistently show that pop, I might lean toward him because if he could be like a 25 home run guy as a catcher, those things, uh, those players don't grow on trees. But Luke Weaver definitely does have the stuff. He just was so inconsistent this year. His strikeouts per nine was still like nine and a half. He's a strikeout artist. That's not the issue. It's kind of Robbie Ray-esque where he struggles with his location sometimes. His walks per nine was around three, and he just didn't go deep into ball games. He had a lot of very high pitch counts, and even Torrey Lavello would sometimes just not let him pitch into that sixth inning. After five innings, he could be at 75, 80 pitches, and Torrey Lavello would just say, you're done for the day because we know <laughs> the numbers – that, that second time, yeah. third time through the lineup, it just kept getting worse and worse for Luke Weaver. And usually that fourth or fifth inning where he where he really struggled in, that's something where he's just going to get better. He has to work on getting pitching deeper into ball games. He has to work on his location, not missing as much, and just keep getting those strikeouts because he's great at tallying that up. And limit the home runs because he gave up, if I look here, he gave up 10 home runs and only 12 starts. I mean, that's a pretty insane, uh, insane rate. That's pretty much mm-hmm. what all the 
Diamondbacks. I mean, at one point, I think in the middle of the season, they had like three of the top four highest home runs allowed on on their rotation. Like with uh, Robbie Ray, Bumgarner, and Luke Weaver, they were all like top five in home runs allowed at one point in the season. <laughs> so they definitely got improved on that front. <laughs>